Hello everyone, Roy Williams, Guru of Good Health, the Superintendent of Supplementation, bringing you another today's health update. Of course, it is Monday, so I do Monday school. For those of you that might not have got to go to Sunday school, or even if you did and you just want to learn more about God's Word, this is a good place to be on Mondays. I dedicate the first business day of every week on the radio to uh, the Bible to the study of the word. I try to put God first in everything in my life, and man, has he ever blessed me for that and my family. I suggest you do the same. I believe in Proverbs. It's wisdom. I believe you should read the first chapter of Proverbs the first day of the month, the second chapter the second day of the month, right on through all 30 to 31 days a month. Read those. Dwell on the word. Learn what it means to be wise. Speaking of wisdom, you know, there's a lot of turmoil going on in America right now. We've got the most convoluted, uh, disrupting uh, voter scheme that's ever been pulled. So much voter fraud this time, it's not even funny, and we can't even get our legislators uh, to legislate or even look at the evidence. It is really a sad day in America. But you know what? As Christians, we really don't have to worry. I mean, God has the answers for everything. And he says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And I've got to depend on that, and I hope you do too. But I want to start Monday school, as I do often now, and with some Proverbs. And I'm going to go with Proverbs chapter 5, verses 21, 22, and 23. Uh, and I'm going to read these to you. I want you to think about it in this way. we got a bunch of corrupt uh, politicians, corrupt legislators, corrupt attorneys. Uh, our our system is so full of corruption right now. They're wanting to turn us into a one-world government. They want to turn us into a communistic state, and they're trying with everything they got. But you know what? As Christians, we don't have to fear that. Now, should we be concerned? Absolutely we should. And we should do our part uh, to interfere with these crooks and bring it to the public view and educate everybody about what's going on. But in the ultimate scheme of things, God's in control. So listen to Proverbs chapter 5, verses 21, 22, and 23, where it says, For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all your paths. Now, 21's basically telling us that everything you do, God's watching. Now, he's not watching you like he's overlooking you to smash you into smithereens if you do something wrong. That's not it at all. It's just nothing's hidden. He knows what's going on. And, and the day of judgment's coming for every human being. And he just wants you to know that he, uh, you know, that, that he examines all your paths. Every decision you make is recorded. I, I don't want to know why people uh, think they can pull the wool over God's eyes. You can't do it. Verse 22 says, The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. You know, the reason a lot of our politicians and legislators today can't tell the truth is because of that right there. They've ensnared themselves. A lot of our politicians today are in bed with China, a communistic state. They've committed treason. And believe me, uh, their sins hold them fast. There's nothing they can do about that. 23 says, for lack of discipline, they will die, led astray by their own great folly. In other words, the day of judgment is coming. And if you want to believe that, that's fine. If you don't want to believe it, that's fine too. 
Just don't tell anybody you're surprised when the day of reckoning hits you right between the eyes. Because it is coming, folks. It is coming, and it is probably coming soon. But back to Acts. You know, we've been going through Acts this quarter. Acts is the uh, where Luke writes about what happened after the ascension, after Christ was uh, was brought back into heaven, and we've gone through, uh, you know, the the receiving of the Holy Spirit by the disciples, and now it's starting to spread amongst other people. Saul, who was there for the stoning of Stephen, has now uh, been blinded and has accepted Christ and has turned toward the Christian movement and is now promoting it. And we've been going through that. And, uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, we learned at the end that, that there's good news and we should be bold. Uh, it tells us in verse 32 last week of uh, and we're studying chapter 13, it says, We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. And it says, as it is written in the second psalm. And we pick up there today. Uh, where it says, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Now, he's talking about David. Remember, David is the only one in the Bible that God said he is a man after my own heart. Why did he say that about David? Because David never worshiped any other God. He kept Jesus Christ. uh, It wasn't Jesus at that time. It was God the father in his heart at all times and where his father before him and his son after him actually did worship other gods, not David. And therefore, because he never put no other God before God, the living, the only true and living God, he what? He was considered a man after God's own heart. Verse 34 says, God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay as God has said, and he said that, in Psalms also, I will give you the holy and sure blessing, blessings promised to David. So what do we have here? He is guaranteeing that the lineage of David is where Christ will come from. And if you study the New Testament and you look at the lineage, they trace it all the way back to David. Wow, boy, you know, Uh, The prophets got it right. God's been leading them throughout the Old Testament, and he has led them through to David. And now we're into the New Testament studying about after Christ has been raised from the dead and gone back into heaven, and he did not decay. Now, I want you to understand there's two verses here. 34 again says, God raised him from the dead, talking about Jesus, so that he will never be subject to decay. You could change that word from decay to corruption. When you study the Hebrew, it literally means corruption. Jesus never sinned. He's the only human being that was born and lived for 33 years on this earth and never sinned. Yet he was accused of sin by his own people, by the Pharisees, the most religious group known to the Jewish people at that time. They falsely confused him of sin to the point of killing him, putting him on a cross. But then uh, in the next part of Psalms, it says, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. And that's what I was talking about when I said that that's where Jesus came from. He's from the lineage of David. Verse 35 says, so it is also stated elsewhere, 
You will not you will not let your holy one see decay. You will not let him see corruption. Uh, Jesus never was corrupted. They tried. Listen, they tried with everything they had to corrupt Jesus. When he was teaching in the synagogues, they would argue with him and tell him that he was wrong and tried to get him to see it their way. Folks, we got to be the same way. We got to be bold about our witness to Jesus Christ, and we've got to be bold and not get caught up in the corruption that's going on. And it's still going on today. Get ready, Christians. A day's coming probably in our lifetimes when we will see corruption of the, of the Christian church. It's already happening. So many Christian churches today don't even want to talk about the blood of Christ. There's no other way for forgiveness than through that. There's no other way to God except through Christ. They don't want you to believe that anymore. Some of them, not all of them. A lot of y'all in this part of the country especially, we, we worship a true and living God, and the Son of God is our Savior, and we recognize that. Verse 36, though, in Acts chapter 13 says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now isn't that interesting? It didn't say he died. He fell asleep. As Christians, we pass from death unto life. We simply go to sleep because uh, we're not dead. We, we've got eternal life. Now, that's not true for a lost person, someone who don't know Jesus. They will experience the first death and the second death. But Christians, we get a bypass on the second death. So he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. He bro his body broke down. Jesus' body never broke down. It was raised before it broke down. 37, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Talking about Jesus. He was not corrupted. His body never decayed because before his body had time to break down and decay and the worms eat him, God brought him back to life. And boy, that is the one security we have. I don't know anybody to some degree or another is not uh, concerned about death. Many people fear it. Uh, and we don't, I'm not anxious for it myself. I know where I'm going when I die. I know I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I do look forward to that, but I want to tell you something. I'm not in a hurry for that. I want to finish the purpose that God has for me here on this earth. And I want you to have that same mindset. Don't fear it, but do everything you can to fulfill what God has you to do on earth. And if you don't know what God has you to do here on this earth, get into his word. That's why you listen to this radio show. We get into the word of God so we'll know, and the Holy Spirit can work through us so that we will know what our job is here on this earth. And God may change my job tomorrow. I don't know, but whatever he leads me to do through the Holy Spirit, I will do. Verse 38 says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Now, remember, he's talking to the Jews, but he's also starting to spread the word amongst the Gentiles. So the, 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 through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Remember, when you asked Christ to come into your life, you admit that you're a sinner, that you have fallen short of the glory of God, that you cannot make it to heaven by living good enough. So you're going to put your faith and trust in the name of Jesus Christ so that when you die, you can be resurrected and not have to go through the second death, which is permanent, but believe through, through eternity, 
with Jesus Christ. And that's what he's proclaiming to us. That's what we've got to proclaim to the world, and we've got to do it boldly, just like the disciples did, just like Jesus did, even though he was, even though he knew he was facing certain death for doing what he was doing and saying what he was saying, he was still willing to do it because it's that's how much he loved his father, and he realized how much his father loves us, the one only true and living and holy God. Verse 39 says, Through him, through him, listen to this. Everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. This is such an important verse of Scripture. Through Jesus, every sin is, I mean, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. How incredible is that? Y'all, when he says every sin, he's not just talking about the sins you've committed up to this day if you accept Christ today. But you'll be forgiven for every sin if you accept Christ throughout the rest of your life. It's all under that. What does it say? It don't, and let's finish that. It says that next in that same sentence, it says a justification. Remember, I've taught you what justification means. You're justified. It means just as if I'd never sinned. Sinned. God accepts us. Once we accept his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, into our hearts and our lives, and we put our faith and trust and hope in, in, in him and the grace of God, guess what happens? We're justified. We're living for the rest of our lives, and we're going to see Jesus in heaven one day just as if we never sinned, as though we had earned it as though we'd lived a perfect life, even though we know we didn't, through the grace of God, we're forgiven. It says a justification for you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You know, man tried for all those years to live good enough to be worthy to get to heaven, but they could not pull it off, and God sent his son to reconcile that. And believe it or not, all those people that died before Jesus all those people that died before Jesus, before Jesus was born, before they could believe in his name, they do get an opportunity to accept Christ. That's plainly stated in the Bible. Everybody will get the opportunity to accept Christ, but then it becomes a personal decision. It's that simple. Verse 40 says, take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Now, what he's talking about here uh, is that you know, you, that he, he wants you to be careful. You know, the prophets have told us what's going to happen, but you don't want it to happen to you. Uh, you know, you may remember uh, the couple in the Bible that lied about selling their land and how much they got for it, and they died instantly once that uh, you know Peter brought it to their attention. And so he's given us a warning here: don't get caught up in trying to lie to God. Don't get caught up in denying the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit moves you to do something, do it all. Be complete in what you do. Because look what it says, and he's warning, the prophets are warning us. 41 says, look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Listen, our leaders need to read this. They think they're getting away with this stuff, with this voter fraud, with lying to the American public, with trying to cheat us out of our freedoms and our democracy and our freedom of religion and freedom of speech and freedom to bear arms. 
They're not getting away with anything. They're not getting away with anything. They may not believe it, but that don't change it. It's still true, and they are. There's a record kept. Remember, we done read that. There's a record kept. Verse 42 says, as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. You see, uh, they were leaving, but the people were so excited about what they told them that finally God's grace is shed upon the Gentiles and the Jewish people, and these are Jewish people. Why? How do I know? Because it's the Sabbath. They're, they're worshiping on the Sabbath. And what are they? They're excited. They're so excited they want to hear more. Verse 43 says, When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism, that's talking about uh, the, the Gentiles too, followed Paul and Barnabas who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. In other words, he's telling us, be bold. You got God on your side when you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and that he can forgive you of all your sins and you'll be justified. You'll be welcomed into heaven just as if you'd never sinned. Wow, what an incredible, that's the greatest story ever told, period. 44 says, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Think about that. If we get on fire for God, if we get bold and we start telling the truth and doing what the Holy Spirit leads us to do, we may have uh, situations where whole cities turn to God again. They're not turned to God now because our faith is weak. We're not preaching and teaching the good news uh, of salvation through Jesus Christ. When we do that, things going to happen. Good things are going to happen. Verse 45 says, when the Jews saw the crowds, now listen to this. This ought to ring in your head about what our politicians are doing today. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Listen, nothing's changed. You know, Donald Trump, and I'm not saying he's a, a perfect man by any stretch of imagination. He's human. He's failed and sinned as many times as any of us have, maybe more than most of us because he's been out there where he could be exposed to it. But what it, what it's saying here, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. You know, Donald Trump could give a rally, and it'd be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people show up. And what did the old school politicians do, just like the Pharisees did and the Sadducees did and the, the, those at the synagogue did? They turned on him. They turned on Jesus Christ, who was giving them the plan of salvation, who was the plan of salvation. Well, they're doing the same thing here. They're turning on Paul and Barnabas and, and Peter and, and, and Matthew and Mark and Luke. They're, they're turning on all of them. They're turning on them. Why? Because they're jealous. They had control over the people. They had the, the, the Jewish people and the, the religious people eating out of the palms of their hands. So what they do, they began to contradict Paul. That's what they're doing to Trump today. They contradict everything that Trump tries to accomplish. And I'm not comparing Trump to Jesus Christ. I'm just saying that nothing's changed. People are still jealous. They don't want you to have your own belief system. They want you to believe in them. They want to be your God. And I'm going to tell you something. The politician's not my God, and they never will be. Verse 46 says, Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. Listen to this. What's the word he said? Boldly. Witness about Christ. Be bold. 
How did he do it? He says, Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly by saying, we had to speak the word of God to you first, talking to the Jews. But what happened to the Jews? Listen to this. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. There's another powerful verse. Why did God accept the Gentiles? Because his own people kept rejecting him. Even after he sent his own son, they kept turning their back on him. So now he's turned to the Gentiles. But look why he turned his back on the Jews. Since you reject it, talking about the, the message of Jesus Christ, since you reject Jesus and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. Listen to that again. They didn't consider themselves worthy of eternal life. I don't either, but I accept Jesus. And by faith through grace, I accept Christ as my Savior. And that gets me a direct connection to God the Father who sees me as if I never sinned. 47 says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. It says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And there is your duty to help us bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. All who were what? Appointed to eternal life. In other words, the Holy Spirit moved on them and they accepted the message. It's all it boils down to. The Holy Spirit moved on them. They felt that movement within their bodies, within their souls, and then they were appointed for eternal life. But why? Because they believed. 49, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. That's what needs to happen in the United States. 50, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stared up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So what they do? They shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And what does it say? And the disciples were filled with what? Joy and the Holy Spirit. These are some powerful things going on, folks, and the Word of God continues to spread. Why? Because people were bold. I'm going to encourage you, if you're concerned about the United States this week, to read the 91st Psalm every day. Do it as a prayer because that's what it is. It is a prayer. David prayed and says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fouler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near to your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. 
Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, from, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with all with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Folks, it's all about salvation. Remember, this program is brought to you by NHC Herb Shopping, Killing Herbs in Morn Athens. When you choose to shop with them, you support this radio station and you support this message. Until next time, may God bless all of you with abundant health. <laughs>